What is the coronavirus? How do I know if I have the coronavirus? How serious is the coronavirus? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. After its first reported case in December of 2019, the coronavirus outbreak has taken over the news cycle and we continue to hear about the dangers and deaths associated with the fast-moving disease. The Centers for Disease Control issued a federal quarantine of American citizens suspected of being exposed to the virus. This hadn't been done since the smallpox epidemic back in 1963. But some studies suggest this disease isn't nearly as dangerous as some others we battle globally on a daily basis. For example, measles, Zika, and HIV all have a greater infection rate than the coronavirus. And that is a great place to start with today's guest, Dr. Nicole Sapphire, physician, Fox News contributor, and author of Make America Healthy Again. First of all, Dr. Sapphire, thank you so much for coming on. I know you're a very busy woman. Absolutely. Such an important topic that a lot of people have questions on. It really is. Me me included. This has been overtaking our world as of late. And we know the first case was reported in China. But where did the coronavirus actually come from? And what the heck is it? So coronavirus, so the whole family of coronaviridae are a bunch of different types of viruses. So let's remember that. And actually, there's one that we are all familiar with called the common coronavirus, which causes our common cold. So this coronavirus is just a different strain of a bigger family of viruses. And you're absolutely right. So the first reported case happened in late December in the Wuhan, China. And it usually with coronaviruses, what's interesting is they usually start in animals and then transfer to humans. And so the first case and a lot of the beginning cases all seem to have stemmed from a seafood market that actually has a lot of livestock there. So the belief is that this was a virus in animals. We're not entirely sure which one, Mm. but that it has been transferred to humans. And now it is spreading from human to human, similar to how many other viruses that we have spread. So if this started with animals, should we be worried about the food imported from China that we are consuming? That's an interesting question, and the truth is there are a lot of viruses that actually stem from animals, and that's not necessarily where the concern is because it's more of a respiratory-borne virus, meaning that it is found in respiratory droplets. So if you're having animal meat, the chances of that you actually acquiring the illness is low, and usually it's wild livestock. This isn't the, these aren't the animals that are being shipped here to be eat, eaten. So I would not, I don't want to... I don't want to have any further panic that's unnecessary. So no, I would, I mean, you should always be concerned and be well aware of where the um, products that you consume come from, but I wouldn't really be concerned with the coronavirus as a part of it. You uh, mentioned how terrified everybody is. And as of right now, it's being reported that at least 2,592 people have died from the coronavirus. That is a lot of deaths, but the CDC estimates that as many as 56,000 people die from the flu or flu-like illness every year. So what makes the coronavirus so concerning? So this is a great point, and I want everybody to pay attention because we have to look at our normal flu, which affects 
significantly more people that have been currently effect, infected with the coronavirus. Um, the problem that has a lot of people concerned when it comes to the coronavirus is that, one, we don't know a lot about it. We don't necessarily have a treatment for it, and we don't have a vaccine yet. So, you know, that's where a lot of our anxiety comes from. The flu does kill significantly more people. Um, and, you know, it, it's a balance here of whether we should be overly concerned about this new emerging virus or if we should have more focus on the flu. And I would say the, this coronavirus is kind of here to stay. And similar to the flu, it all had to start from somewhere. And I anticipate to see a lot more cases of the coronavirus. We are already underway in using certain treatments to help decrease the severity of the coronavirus, as well as a vaccine is underway. Now, unfortunately, vaccines do take time to be produced, sometimes up to two years. Uh, the Trump administration has removed some of the regulatory um, red tape, you can say. So the vaccine may be sped up a bit, but it's still going to be you know, 8, 10, 12 months before we see a vaccine for the coronavirus. But, you know, in the future, it may be right now it's cold and flu season. And in the future, it may just be cold, flu, and maybe even COVID-19, which is the disease state um, that's being produced by the coronavirus. The truth is, here in the United States, we should all be significantly more concerned with the flu, because the flu is significantly more prevalent in the United States. We have about 35, 34, 35 cases of coronavirus in Americans. Now, we have to remember 11 of those cases are directly from patients or people who are in China, and two of them are infected their caregivers. The rest of those cases, up to the 35, came from people who were on the cruise ships or traveling, and they were now diagnosed with the coronavirus. So we're not having big community spread of coronavirus here in the United States. That is to say, not yet, as opposed to the flu, which is running rampant and is all over our schools, all over our workplaces. So the important thing to remember is the flu and the coronavirus are similar in the sense that they are both what we call RNA viruses. They are spread similarly by respiratory droplets. And so if we want to prevent the coronavirus, you're also going to be doing the same thing to prevent the common cold and the flu. So you mentioned China and the U.S. What other countries have we seen the coronavirus in? Oh, I think it's, I think there's 30 or 40 countries that have now reported coronavirus. I mean, all over South Korea, Japan, I mean, really that uh, many, a plethora of countries have seen this. It's spreading I mean, quick. It's, it, it's spreading quick. And that's because there's a lot of, it was over the Chinese New Year and it was before we knew about it. And so you had people who had it and then they continued traveling, they continued to go home, and they brought it there. Now, one of the things that we're seeing that's been interesting with the coronavirus is there are some people testing positive for the virus that have actually been asymptomatic. So the first thing you do when you are trying to stop a pandemic is to contain the illness, and that has been well-established. That's what uh, people of China are doing. The United States are trying to do that as well. But the problem is we're screening people for symptoms, meaning do they have a fever? Are they coughing? Are they sneezing? But it is turning out some of these people that have tested positive on the cruise ships have been completely asymptomatic. So the reason this disease is not getting contained is because it would appear that some people are actually spreading the disease and not having symptoms themselves. That's very now, concerning. <laughs> well, the, the most important thing to remember here, though, is 
the far majority of people, just like those that get the flu, the far majority of people who get the coronavirus, it's a mild illness. Yes, it can cause respiratory um, symptoms, it can cause flu-like symptoms, but for the far majority of people, it is not causing severe symptoms or even death. And you know that's what we do have to remember. We continue to point out the cases of people that have died, but again, you know, you still have a subs infinitely more people dying of the flu every year, yet you have a large amount of people not getting their flu shot and going to work with their symptoms. I have about 97 follow-up questions to everything you just said. So I'm <laughs> going to start with one question. How do they actually test people for the coronavirus? So we... For the coronavirus, there's a blood test, but mostly you usually do a nasal swab. When they stick the little swabby up your nose, that's what it is. And unfortunately, in, we don't have a lot of places that test for it right now. So we all, the majority of specimens are having to be sent to centralized areas to be tested for. And you mentioned the word pandemic. What makes an illness a pandemic and what makes an illness a public health emergency? You see epidemics when you have um, spreading of a disease in a community. And you see pandemics when the, that disease is now spreading into multiple separate communities and separate countries like we're seeing with the coronavirus. Now, the World Health Organization got involved early on, which is the right thing to do because we saw how quickly that this has started spreading across multiple continents. And by declaring it a public health emergency, I think the biggest thing that it does is just bring a global awareness and make sure that everybody steps up and starts doing their job. Um, the United States, even before the World Health Organization declared it as an emergency, President Trump already set forth certain measures to try and make sure he wanted to let everybody know that the United States was ready, even put together a task force. And now that they've been bringing home Americans who have been in these other countries and putting them in quarantine. And, you know, as I mentioned, the thing you want to do is contain it. And by putting people in quarantine, that is the right thing to do, whether they are symptomatic or not. Now, I, I know you say that some of these people didn't have symptoms at all, but of the people who do have symptoms, how long is the period between when a person gets infected and when the symptoms develop typically? So typically it's about two weeks. It's one to two weeks, which we call the prodo prodrome um, portion. It means that you've, you've been exposed to the virus. The virus is in your system, but now it's it's doing its thing, it's multiplying, and it's getting ready to wreak havoc on your body. And uh, so you can be asymptomatic for about one to two weeks before you start developing symptoms. And the theory is that you're actually contagious during that time as well. You're most contagious at your peak symptom state, meaning when you have a fever and you're sneezing and you're coughing all over the place, that's when you're most symptomatic. But it is likely that you are, you're, that's when you are most um, contagious. But it's, it seems that when you are asymptomatic, you can also be contagious. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. So how do people know that, uh, you know, that's like you mentioned, it's kind of mimicking a common cold. So how do people know to go to the doctor? Because I, I never go to the doctor. If I start <laughs> coughing, if I'm sneezing, should I go to the doctor? How do I know how serious it is? Well, let's, let's take the three things, the cold, the flu, and the coronavirus, okay? Mm -hmm. And they can all look the same. You know, you can have a fever with a cold, and you can have a fever with the flu and the coronavirus. And, you know, I have three kids, so my house is a Petri dish. One of my youngest just had strep throat and the flu last week. So 
you know, you go based on your symptoms. One, if you have traveled to China recently, or you have been around people that have been in China recently, and you start developing symptoms, especially a fever, you know, then you should go and talk to your doctor. Um, But if you don't have any history of China travel, and you really haven't been around someone who you know for certain has been in China within the last month, then the chances of you having coronavirus are exceedingly low. Now you have to decide, do I have the cold or do I have the flu? And that can be tough sometimes, and it depends on, you know, how how sick do you get? Do you have high fevers? Are you really feeling the body aches? Um, you know, that can be the flu. And although you don't actually have to see your doctor when you have the flu, it's a good idea to go because the flu can turn on you and you can get pretty sick with it. And we do have medication to help lessen the severity of your symptoms. But for the most part, if you just have upper respiratory symptoms, you're not having difficulty breathing, it doesn't hurt when you breathe, you're not having chest pain, you know, you're probably okay to just take care of your own symptoms at home. You want to make sure that you sanitize every part of your house, throw out your old toothbrush, um, change your pillowcases, all that good stuff. Anything you would do anytime that you or your children are sick. I went to CVS last week because I just walked directly into a door and I had to get a Steri strip for my face because it, <laughs> it cut it right open. And I was looking for the Steri strips and there was a girl in there looking for those masks to wear over your face. And the guy at CVS was like, good luck because we've been sold out. I don't know when we're going to get more in. There's literally no masks left. How effective are those on airplanes and how effective are they just wearing around somewhere like New York City? So really, um, you know, we have a huge mixed messaging when it comes to wearing those masks. Here's the thing. The only people that should be wearing those masks are the people who are actively sick because they're trying to prevent other people from getting sick around them. Mm. For healthy people to be wearing the mask, it's not a great idea in the sense that, one, you're taking away from the people who actually need a mask. That's why we're not, they're not available. And two, when you're wearing a mask like that, and you're breathing into it, you're actually creating a breeding ground for viruses and bacteria because it's all moist and it's not flush up against your skin. There's going to be air going in and out. So your best bet is to just wash your hands, avoid being around sick people. And if you are traveling, they actually say to turn on the little air vents, which I used to always be against. I'm like, yes, that exactly. I was always against that. I'm like, oh, gross. I don't want the person in Vax's breath all Agreed. over Agreed. But apparently the filtration system uh, that they utilize on commercial airlines is, and the HEPA filters that all that air goes through are significantly more um, capable of trapping bacterial and viruses than those flimsy little masks are. Now, there are some hardcore masks like we wear in the hospital here that are supposed to help us, but those aren't really available to the public and they have to have a special face fitting and this whole thing. So that's not what you're buying at CVS. I am floored that you just told me to open my air vent on the airplane. Let me tell you, I, (laughs) I I don't know if I've actually started doing that yet because it still kind of grosses me out, but I have read about it and I'm that that's the right thing to do. (laughs) Well, I trust you. So maybe I'll start doing that. Although I'm freezing always on airplanes. So I don't know if I will. Um, Okay. So also I I wanted to talk to you about mutations because this started as a a common coronavirus and then we have this version. So what's the likelihood there's a mutation of the virus mid pandemic and should we be concerned about that? 
Oh, sure. I mean, that's what they're all these they're varying strains of viruses. And that's why, you know, we have such a difficult time with the flu shot every single year because the, the prevalent strain is different every single year. And viruses, that's what they do. They mutate. It's survival of the fittest. That's why they've leapt from animals to humans and they're just trying to survive. Um, so it's a, it's, but at this point, what does it matter if it mutates? Because we don't have a treatment for the current one. So whether it mutates or not, we still don't have a treatment for it. Um, and like I said, the far majority of, um, you're going to have a mild illness. So, you know, if it is, it, it still has something that has an exceedingly low death rate and we have to keep an eye on that. But, um, you know, you, you don't want to get so caught up in the fear of these, you know, like the movies Contagion or something along the those lines. Um, you just have to think of it as this is a new virus. And, you know, although it's called the novel coronavirus, it is a coronavirus. And that is something that, you know, we do know about. And scientists are working very hard right now to figure this out and make sure, you know, that we have a vaccine for it in the future. I mean, we've, we've dealt with this before with the Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome and then the Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, you know, MERS and SARS and, you know, the avian flu. It's very similar, although that was an influenza virus that started in birds and then it moved to humans. And, you know, there was in the very beginning, it was it was scary and we scrambled to try and figure it out. And the same thing's happening with this new COVID-19. The difference is we have social media and everyone's just a lot more aware of what's going on. Right. Social media can be used for good and bad. It can it can spread a lot of knowledge, but also a lot of fear very easily. Absolutely. Uh, why is the coronavirus called the coronavirus? So if you ever if you so if you look what we at um, a microscopic picture, like under a microscope and you're looking at this particular virus, they have these little projections on the surface that they liken to a crown. And that is what Corona means. It's the crown. And that is why it's called a coronavirus. Oh, interesting. I I did reach out on my social media, speaking of social media, and I asked people to send in questions. And a good amount of them were making jokes about coronas and if coronas will heal the coronavirus, can they get some lime with it? So I'm really glad that there's an explanation for all these people on on my Instagram that I can say, look, stop (laughs) making these jokes. It means crown. You know, people would say the same thing, and I've seen a couple of jokes about it, and I'm like, well, Lyme does technically have vitamin C, and vitamin C is known to boost the immune system. There you go. However, I would not recommend alcohol as a way to prevent or treat any illness. Yeah, we don't, we don't want that. Maybe I'll just give you my login for my Instagram, and you can just respond to everyone. You have time for that? With between oh, yeah, your book and, and your practice, everything? <laughs> Well, I really appreciate you coming on. You have a book coming out April 21st. What can people expect out of that? Well, this is a project that I've been working on for a while. I'm extremely excited about it. It's called Make America Healthy Again, How Big Government and Bad Behavior Caused, caused Our Trillion Dollar Deficit or Crisis. And, you know, it really goes into talking about the history of American healthcare you know, the private system and how we introduce the government system. And then I talk about the leading causes of death amongst Americans. And I show how much of it is actually preventable and how by over, you know, um, kind of utilizing our system for all these preventable illnesses, the illnesses that we can't prevent are actually not receiving the attention and the funding that they deserve. We also touch on the opioid crisis 
physician burnout. And, you know, I essentially say, you know, whatever health care plan you want, you know, Medicare for all, completely private or somewhere in between, nothing's going to work because we're running our system into the ground and we're kind of doing it ourselves. Wow. It sounds really interesting. And I know this this podcast is about the coronavirus, but the leading cause of death, is that something uh, mental health related? Out of my curiosity. So the leading cause of death for American adults is heart disease. Um, however, suicide is the second leading cause of death in adolescents and young adults. So that is absolutely where mental health comes in. And that's why I have an entire chapter dedicated to mental health in my book. That's really great. And um, thank you for doing that. I know that that's something that a lot of people need more education on. So um, that's I'm looking forward to reading your book. And I guess I'll just have to have you back to, to talk more about that. Can't wait. All right, if you missed anything from class, these are my office hours, and here are some top takeaways about the coronavirus. Number one, it's a strain of the common cold and could take up to 8 to 12 months just to get a vaccine. This is also going to take a long time. Number two, if you're not sick, you don't need to wear a mask. It's for the people who are sick so they don't infect others. So if you're thinking about getting a mask, you might want to save them for people who can actually infect others. Number three, it can take one to two weeks to develop symptoms and you might not even get symptoms. Number four, this one shocked me, but Dr. Nicole Sapphire said to open that vent on the airplane has this filtration system and it might actually be better for you to have that gross air blowing on your face. And number five, I hope that everyone does this anyway, but wash your hands, be smart, go get that hand sanitizer and do whatever you can to stay the healthiest that you can be. All right, for more podcasts, go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.